2RFM 103.7. It's Gardening Talk back on a Monday afternoon. And we've got Jim from Morissette. And he wants to get rid of a noxious weed. They're a good thing to get rid of as well. How can we help you, Jim? I've got this penny weed, and I just don't know how to get rid of it. I've tried a few uh, applications of the usual commercial stuff at the nurseries, but they don't seem to work. Sorry, what did you say? What weed did you say you've got? A penny weed. It's like a. I think that's what they call it. Yeah. Okay. A, a penny weed. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. that's that sort of shiny, waxy weed that stays flat to the ground. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes, it's like I've got a big round leaf. Yes, that's it, yeah, okay. And where have you got that, in the garden or in the lawn? In the lawn. Ah, uh, now that is going to be really, really difficult to get rid of that, unfortunately. Uh, so the only way to really get rid of that uh, that pennyweed is to use, uh, you know, something like Roundup. Uh, but that's really only something you can use in a garden application because as soon as you start putting Roundup, you know, around the lawn, it's going to kill anything that it touches, so you have to be incredibly careful about it. Now, the thing with the pennyweed is it sort of it runs along the ground and puts down lateral roots. So even if you go and pull it out, you sort of just break it off and the roots are still running under the ground and then they keep on popping back up on you. Uh, look, a, a way to get rid of it might be, uh, you know, to go get a small paintbrush um, and just get a small paintbrush and, and actually have a bit of a walk around and, and sort of break up some of those leaves and break up that waxy surface and uh, get the roundup and just actually put a little dab on each leaf if you can do that and try and can get it under control that way. Right here. Is, is there a lot of it in your lawn, is there? Yeah, so that, yeah, unfortunately, once it spreads like that, if you can contain it, uh, then you can use that method. Uh, look, it might just be, you just kind of have to be really, really persistent about it because that is about the only way to get rid of it, just, you know, with a paintbrush and just a little dab on each leaf and uh, see if you can get it, uh, get it to go that way. All right, so just put a, a dab on each leaf for Roundup. Yes, that's it, yeah. Roundup will kill okay. anything that it touches, so you can't touch anything else on your lawn with it because it will cut, kill that as well. All right, then, okay. Thank you very much. Okay, and good luck with it, Jim. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, the pennyweed you often see up around the beach. Uh, oh, does right, really yeah. well in sandy conditions. So, you know, up around Bar Beach, Dixon Park, uh, you see it up around there quite a lot. Very tough thing, uh, very difficult to get rid of, especially in the lawn, and it stays down flat, so you can't even mow it out. Oh, right. Yeah, so it, well, that's my excuse, gone. I've, I've got no idea now. Well, <laughs> if, look, if I, I can't mow it out. <laughs> mowing stuff out is a really good way to get rid of things. So, you know, often, you know, you've got onion weed coming up in your lawn, yep. and in summer you don't notice it because you just mow it out. But in winter, people always, you know, they often ring us up and say, oh, how do you get rid of the onion weed in the lawn? Because the rest of the lawn stopped growing and the onion weed comes up, yep. and you're not mowing it as often. So, so, yeah, mowing it can be just a, you know, a good way to get rid of it. Unfortunately, uh, the sort of waxy pennyweed you can't get rid of. Uh, you have to just use Roundup on it, and you have to be very, very careful about the way you do it. Oh. Well, speaking of pests, you mentioned a bit earlier, because I really want to get to this this new slasher. Oh, you want to get the slasher straight away? I was, I was holding on to it right till the very end. We, but can, you know, we can leave it to later, but I want to jump straight in. You want to jump straight in? It sounds like a bad sort of 70s movie, doesn't it? Yes, it's very... Yes. <laughs> yes. The sort, the sort that I would have hid under a pillow or something like that when I was watching it, or just, or you, if you'd gone along to the uh, movies with your girlfriend, you'd put your arms around her and say, "Oh, that's the scary movie." Yes. Well, no, it's a great movie then. <laughs> but this is a weed killer. This isn't a, an ah, excuse for a date. Right. It's called Slasher, and it really, really works. We uh, so you couldn't spray this on your girl. No. No, no. <laughs> We've been using this at work. Uh, it, we sort of got a sample pack of it uh, just before Christmas, and Rob and I at work have been using it willy-nilly around the place. We think it's fantastic. Uh, look, it, it's completely organic. 
Okay, great. Yeah, so that's that's a great thing about it. But it, it sort of works like zero works, that if you touch anything with it, it will actually burn it away and uh, kill it. Uh, look, there's no withholding period on this, so you can, you know, spray around your vegetable patch. Uh, I was out at a school before Christmas and there were some concerns about spraying Roundup around the vegetable patch. Yep. With, with Slasher, you can spray around your school's vegetable patch. There's not going to be any harm whatsoever. I just said you can do it willy-nilly. Willy-nilly, yes. Yeah, groundsman willy, you can do it. <laughs> now, this one, it'll kill weeds. It'll actually kill moss, algae, and lichen as well. It just sort of oh, burns great. it away. So it absolutely works a treat. Uh, what it does, it actually destroys the outer leaf cell, and it causes the plant to sort of desiccate and just all curl up and die. Yep. Essentially, it just sort of dehydrates the plant and it dies just over, you know, a period of probably over a couple of hours you'll actually see it start to wilt and by 24 oh. hours it's just sort of gone. That's, that's quick? It is very quick and that's the reason Hence we... it's called slasher. Yes, and that's the reason we like using it at work as well because if we see some weeds that are there that have got seed heads on them and we go and use Roundup, well it can take five days for that to die and at that during that time sometimes the seeds can still you know be let out and you get this constant cycle of the seeds coming around but with slasher you spray it and it burns the seed heads away as well so you don't get that problem of the reseeding. Now it's actually, it's this is I didn't know anything about this but it's actually made from pelagonic acid. Pelagonic acid? Yeah, so pelagoniums are a type of plant like geraniums. Yep. So somehow they've got the this stuff from pelag pelagoniums and concentrated it and turned it into this wonderful sort of um, weed killer called slash heart. Oh, Science boffins wonderful, aren't they? How do they come up with this stuff? Look, it biodegrades within three days, so there's no lasting residue in the soil. And uh, once it's dried on the foliage, it's safe for people and pets to get out and move around it. So it, really fantastic. It's a slasher. It's an organic herbicide, and it burns. We have been using it at work. Uh, we can't rave about it highly enough. Oh, great. It does so a great job. A nearly, a, nearly a tick in every box. It's one of those 10 out of 10 movies. Oh, so it's not. It's, so it sounds like a B grade movie, but, but it's, it's not. not. It's an A grade. This is an Oscar winning <laughs> natural weed killer. <laughs> Fair enough, and it won't kill you as well. It won't. Nor the pets. And we've got Jim from Cameron Park, and he's got a question about his lemon tree. How warm is she out there at Cameron Park today, Jim? Yes, forty-one. Oh. Uh, mate, yeah, I've got two lemon trees, but they're both one's a bit younger than the other. But the other one, mate, the lemons are green; they're not turning yellow. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, fertilizer. <laughs> no, look, that, unfortunately, your, your lemon's just turning uh, colour. It's just climatic. It's just about, uh, you know, the, the heat. Uh, that, that's all yeah. it is. They've just got to, you've just got to leave them on the tree longer, unfortunately. Oh, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Now, the thing to do, though, when you're doing that is to uh, make sure you're not going to get fruit flies sting because uh, fruit yep. flies love uh, lemons. Uh, so you just have to make sure you're trapping and spraying uh, to try and keep your fruit, fruit fly under control. Right, I no yep. The other thing you All can right. do is well, you can make up a paste of Vegemite and uh, an insecticide like Malathon, and you can paint it on the, uh, you know, around the stems of the plant, or you can yeah. put it, uh, you know, put a couple of stakes in the ground near the plant, and oh, okay. uh, you know, the, the fruit fly will be attracted to that Vegemite and will actually go in there and eat that, and will kill them as well. So, so long as the uh, Staffy doesn't eat the Vegemite. <laughs> yeah, we'll just put a couple of stakes in and put the uh, and put the uh, uh, the Vegemite up a bit high. Yeah. Mate, but if it's, like, if it's like my staffy, you'll probably drag the steaks out of the ground and eat them for breakfast. <laughs> Thanks very much, Scott. Much okay. appreciated. Have a good afternoon, Cheers, Jim. Mate. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Thanks, Jim. We've got Wendy from Dudley, and she thinks she may have killed a passion fruit tree. What have you done, Wendy? Tell tell all. Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> tell, I, um, tell, I Greg and, be calling you. tell Greg I, and Scott what you've done. <laughs> well, it was. I've, I've only had them 
this is their second summer. Yeah. The first summer I put them in, they actually fruit, you know, and they say they don't fruit for a long time and they were glorious. There's two of them that are facing north, are up against the shed wall. Like, and they come across the little, put up um, arches, so they came across and they were beautiful. Fruit was beautiful. And then, and then I fed them with um, one of those citrus, it said citrus fruit things. And then this year, there's just nothing. There's these tiny little leaves. The fruit's actually, the fruit is all, it's nice inside, but they're dried up and there's not many of them and hardly any greenery. Okay. So, now, you said some of those those leaves are sort of um, small and uh, did you say they're curled up as well or? Um, actually, at some stage, I think at the beginning or the end of winter, they were, um, the, I thought there might have been that leaf spot stuff, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I did buy some spray, but I didn't spray it because I preferred not to and then they still looked okay. But it's just like from something that was really prolific, is that what they normally do? I'm not from this area. So. No, look, they, should, they shouldn't. Uh, the way you're talking about the leaves, though, they can't, uh, passion fruit can actually get a, a mite in the leaves and it just makes the leaves curl up. It's like they get little pimples on there and then eventually the leaf just gets a bit unhappy and sort of curls up. And so what that does is it sort of contributes to being, you know, you've just got an unhealthy plant. All of a sudden it's got no leaves there to soak up the sunlight and create the yeah. energy to feed the plant, to feed the fruit. And, you know, so the cycle yeah. sort of just goes around and around and eventually you get a sicker and sicker plant so it sounds like you might have that now the best thing to do if you have got that mite uh, in on your passion fruit is to mm-hmm. grab a couple of those leaves off and take it into your local garden center and just let them have a look at it because it may be that it needs a spray with uh, some sort of miticide and um, that is like really like killed us like, i mean it is growing but from something as prolific and green and beautiful and I sort of cut it all back. Do they, do, they, do they lose leaves in winter? Uh, in winter, they will lose a few leaves, but yeah. uh, they should have come yeah. back over spring and summer. I wouldn't be beating yourself up about it. It's, it's, <laughs> not, it's not your fault. All's well. We, we will give you absolution here well, today. I, I, just, I, I, I did a bit of Googling, but it's really hard because you're just kind of going, what have I done to my plant? Throw a photograph in. Yeah, and, and, and Google. Google's always very accusational as well. It uh, doesn't do that. It's not <laughs> well, very good for your self-esteem. I, I, thought, I thought I'd over it. I thought, you know, wow, because I don't usually do that either. So, no, look, this thing's going so well. I'll give it a bit of fertiliser. Yeah, look, look all the, the best thing to do, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, don't go to Dr Google. Um, you know, you don't go to Google for, um, you know, if you're sick or, you know, if you need a lawyer or something like that. Um, so don't go to Dr Google for your plants either. The best thing to always do is just grab a couple of the leaves off or even some pictures. Yeah of the plant as well on your phone because smartphones make it so much easier and take it into your local garden centre because those guys know what they're talking about and they'll be able to help you out and, uh, you know, sell your product, uh, you know, that will get rid of any issues that you've got. Okay. And if we don't don't know the answer, there's always someone else that we can go and ask in the lunchroom or somewhere. That's what I do. Oh, yeah, they Google it. Even though it's got that good, the fruit, like the fruit, the outside of the Mm -hmm. passion fruit shriveled up, the inside is good and then it's still it's just a leaf thing yeah and it could be that the leaves if they're shriveled up they're not feeding the plant so you're not feeding the fruit so it's, yep. tr- it's trying to fruit it's trying to reproduce by by putting out the fruit but it's just not yeah. working for it um and so you're probably in this cycle so i'd, I'd take some photos of it grab a couple of those leaves and, and some of the fruit if you've got some as well and yep. uh, take it along to your local garden center and uh, let them have a squeeze at it for you awesome i'll be prolific next year uh, look i would all but guarantee it Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks for your help, Scott. Okay. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. And we've got Kel from Abermain. And Kel's got a question about the slasher weed killer. How can we help you with it, Kel? 
Mate, I was just listening to you, what you said, Scott, mm-hmm. and I was just wondering if it's any good on St John's Wort. Yeah, look, it will. I, I think it probably works uh, better on sort of more vascular plants uh, and more vascular sort of weeds that, you know, hold their moisture in there. Anything that gets a little woody, I don't think it's going to work as well. It'll certainly burn off the foliage and uh, make it a very unhappy plant. But uh, w- that's what we've found, that, you know, those really, uh, you know, sort of vascular plants that hold a lot of moisture, those weeds, that's the one it seems to work best on. All right, and thank you very much. Not a problem at all. Okay, bye-bye. Cheers, Kel. Jeez, that was a quick fix. Well, we aim to please here and we aim to please quickly. <laughs> We've got Jill from Salamander Bay. Now, she's got a question about an insect that seems to be eating her leafy vegetables. Oh, that's no good. How's your salad going if the, uh, <laughs> if the animals are eating it, Jill? Oh, yeah. It's just like uh, pinpricks right through with the leaves. And it's made of spinach and capsicum. Yeah, so is it actually eating the plant or is it just making those marks on there? Oh, they're holes. There's no way you could use the leaves. Uh, okay, so... It's like um, a web through them. Right, okay. Look, without seeing it, spinach and capsicum can be susceptible to mite attack, and that's a, a, like a little sting mark, and often that sting then you'll get necrosis around that sting and it, and it dies off, so you get almost a little hole there. Uh, and you notice that especially in uh, spinach because it's, the leaf just starts to curl up because the mites are stinging, they're sucking the sap out of the leaf and, uh, and they create that damage. Now, so for mites on edible plants, you have to use a product called Eco Oil. Uh, eco Oil. Eco Oil, yeah. It works as a preventative and it works as a killer as well. Um, but anything that's damaged usually is already, it's not going to fix that up, unfortunately. But I'd be giving Eco Oil as a try. Yeah, I've tried pyrethium and... Uh tomato and vegetable dust, but not with much success. Yeah, often with mites you need to use a systemic uh, insecticide. Uh, eco oh, oil's it eco. Eco oil. It's not a systemic insecticide, but it, it, it sort of chokes uh, the mites there and kills them that way. Oh, good, okay. And uh, can I ask you one question? Absolutely. Um, I've got a lily pilly and I had to cut off a lower limb, but that keeps sprouting. Is there any way I can kill that uh, kind of stump without killing the tree? Oh, that's, no, you can't, unfortunately, Jill. Uh, uh, as, as soon as you start injecting poison or putting poison, it's going to be absorbed in, uh, yeah. you know, through the sap stream. And it's, yeah, it's, I thought that. Yeah. So if you have, you know, if you've done the hard yards and you've cut off the big piece, you're only going to find new little shoots coming out. Yeah. And they should be easy just to, you know, to get rid of uh, as you need to. Yeah, right yeah, look, I'm sorry, you can't do, you can't sort of selectively, uh, you, you know, just kill a certain part of the well, tree no, that you want to keep I, dead, yeah. Well, so, all right, well, thank you very much indeed. Not a problem at all. You have a nice afternoon. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thanks, Jill. It's Gardening Talkback on 2 in URFM. 49216216 is the number to call if you have any questions. We've got Mark from New Lambton. I mean, let's know how you can grow hydrangeas from cuttings. Oh, easily, Mark. They, they're a nice, easy plant to grow from cuttings. How can we... Okay, ha- yeah. Yeah, so um, you've got some at home, have you? No, I've got it from a friend at Adamstown. Yeah. It was a big bush. Yeah. And uh, I've gone over there before. He actually dug it out of the ground and just cut uh, a whole heap of uh, limbs off it. Mm-hmm. So I've got them at home now. So how, and- long, how long ago was that, mate? 
Oh, probably only about three hours, four hours ago. Oh, excellent. Okay, because I was going to say, if you'd done it sort of on the weekend, it might have been starting to get a bit late with the heat. But, uh, yeah, three hours yep. ago is fine. So what you do with those cuttings is you get your pots, uh, you know, with some soil in them, and you get, uh, look, usually you get a piece of the plant uh, just where it's, you know, it's been woody and it's just, you know, or it's green and it's just starting to turn wood to, uh, you know, sort of brown wood. And usually yep. that's up towards the top of the plant. Yep. So you, you take some of that off and you actually just sort of strip the leaves. You'll find that there's a, a, a node, like a bud node. and you cut, Yeah, I have a couple of those. Yep, just cut just above the bud node. And then yep. you put the rest of it sort of down into the soil with a bud node just up above the soil and just start watering them and they should sprout for you. Okay, and um, I know they've uh, finished flowering now, but mm-hmm. um, when are they likely to start flowering again? Are they a yep. winter or a... No, not until about November again in 2017, oh, okay. which would be this year. Yeah. So it's not that far away. The way we're already halfway through January. Well, that's the end of that's January. That's right. Yeah, yeah. January's so, almost all over. January. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, November's on its way. Don't worry about that. It'll be around here soon enough. Thanks very much. Okay, mate. Yeah, so, and then just make sure you're watering them really, really well. Uh, again, they're a very vascular plant, so, uh, you know, they need moisture. And especially when you're doing something like that, they won't have much of a root system, uh, yep. you know, and so you're just yeah, watering. You can also get a, a thing called uh, cutting powder or rooting powder if you want. Yeah. And you uh, you dip that into there, and uh, it, it's, for some reason it promotes rooting of the uh, cutting. And then, uh, it, yep, you'll get a better result with that as well. And uh, the position of it, when I uh, do get some roots on it and start to grow, I'm putting it from the pot to uh, somewhere in the house, what's the north or south facing? Or? Yeah, look, probably north facing. Uh, Hydrange is a pretty versatile plant. Uh, I've seen them yep. growing out in you know the absolute full sun. They always look a little bit ragged when you've got them in the full sun. Um, yep. So if you can get them out of the afternoon sun, they do a whole lot better. Um, yeah, yeah, but not in the full shade probably. Um, but okay. look, we'll grow full sun, but um, morning sun up until about 1 o'clock, fantastic for them. Okay, you've got a spot there for them. Okay, perfect. Thanks very much, Scott. Okay, have a good afternoon, Mark. You too, bye. Cheers, Cheers thanks, Mark. We've got Terry now from Lemon Tree Passage. And he wants to know how he can get rid of lawn grubs. Oh, Terry, you've, you've, you've got in ahead of us here. We were going to talk about this anyway. What I, what I want to know is, can I, I've bought um, hose on prevent uh, hose on uh, chemical. Yes. Can I use it to prevent the lawn grub, or have I got to wait like start uh, chewing the lawn up before I can use it? Uh, look, that's a difficult one. Uh, there is usually an egg cycle. So you, the uh, the moth comes along at night and and lays its eggs in underneath the uh, you know the the leaves of the lawn, and then they hatch out after about three to four days. So if you go and spray within that sort of three to four day period, uh, you're going to miss out completely because that chemical won't have any effect on those eggs that are just sitting there. Right. But as soon as they're hatched out, yes, you will have an effect. Uh, so look, yeah, to, to use it preventatively, you can give it a try because, you know, you might have had a variety of, of the moths coming along at a variety of times. And, uh, you know, there may be, a, you know, an, an egg cycle where, you know, they're going to be hatching a day, you know, in a series of days. So, you, look, you, you probably would have a bit of a result there. But, unfortunately, you do get a better result when you've actually sort of started noticing them chomping away at the leaves of the lawn. And yeah. uh, that's when you go out and uh, spray. Yeah, well, previous years, it, it seems to be February and March when they start coming around. I, I just thought whether I could uh, start spraying now to... Uh 
sort of prevent it. Yeah, look, and I think they actually have come around a little bit earlier this year. Uh, you know, we're certainly seeing them now, and it may just be because of the the heat that we've had as well, because you tend to notice it because they're there and they're eating the leaves and the roots of the lawn away, yeah, and then yeah. if it's really hot and there's been no rain, it manifests itself, uh, you know, much more clearly than if it's raining because that hides it away because the, the grass isn't as stressed. Uh, so, look, uh, you, you can give it a try if you want to and, and use it preventatively. Uh, look, the other thing to do is wait until about, you know, sunset, uh, you know, just on dusk, that's when they actually start feeding the most. Uh, during the day, they'll go a little bit deeper and hide away, so you won't get as good a result. That's so certainly don't do it in the heat of the day. Uh, I've always said, uh, you know, wait till dusk, uh, you know, even a little bit later, and give it a crack then, see how you go. Cheers. Thanks, Lloyd. OK, not a problem. Thanks. Thank you for that, Terry. Bye. Bye. And we've got John from Merriweather, and he wants a bit of advice about non-flowering frangipanis. How can we help you, John? Yeah, hi, Scott. Um, I grew them from cuttings. They were about 18 inches tall. I put them in uh, pots and they're flowering and plenty of foliage, nice and green. Uh, and this year I've decided to put them in the ground. They're still growing. They're well over a metre tall and they just keep growing leaves. Did I get the wrong part of the tree or what? No, no, you've you've done absolutely the right thing. I think what's happened is when they've been in the pots, there's, uh, you know, been sort of an all-round... Uh, you know, mixture in there for them to feed from. And then when you've stuck them into the ground, it sounds like you might have some, you know, high rich, you know, high nitrogen, uh, you know, in your soil there. And that's why they're giving out that green leafy growth. Do you put your uh, lawn clippings or anything in that area? Uh, no, I, uh, uh, I've had them in the pot for 18 months and I've decided to put them in the ground, Scott, and that's it. That's, um, yeah. I, I have been feeding them every now and then, um, Sea salt around the roots every, oh, I don't know, month or so. Yep, so sea salt's good for the root system. It won't really help too much else of the plant. Uh, so I think what you need to do is get some sulphate of potash and uh, get that into the soil because that will definitely promote the flowering of the plants. It sounds like there's a lot of nitrogen in the soil uh, where you are. Um, you know, you might have had poultry manure, a lot of poultry manure there at some point in time. No, 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 no. no. And they, they were, Scott, they were in the, in the pots for 18 months and they kept growing and, and no flowers. Ah, oh, okay. So I, I think you're going to need to get that potash into the uh, into the area, mate. That will definitely promote the flowering of the plant. Uh, yeah, uh, look, it's nothing you've done. You, uh, and our French penny cutting is the same, you know, whether you get it from, you know, part you know part X or part Y of the plant, it doesn't really matter. Uh, uh, I, I think it's just a little bit deficient in potash. If you start adding that to the soil, I think you'll get some flowering out of it. Yeah, because they're a metre tall, and I thought, I've been inspecting the neighbourhoods, mate, and I notice where the flowers grow, they come from a special sprig out the centre. They, they do, they do, yeah. Look, it might just be that they're only little tuckers as well, you know, they're only little young plants, but usually you'll get a flower out of a, uh, you know, out of a cutting after the first year, and you said you've had them for 18 months, so that, that yeah. shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mate, I'd get some of that sulphate of potash. You might oh, not yeah. get too much flowering this year, but if you start using it regularly, uh -huh. uh, by next year you will be able to make up a lay that will put Hawaiians to shame out of that <laughs> oh, fringy penny. Oh, that's good advice. I've been threatening <laughs> but it doesn't help. <laughs> okay, mate. <laughs> okay, thanks for your okay. advice. Not a problem at all. You have a nice afternoon. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Cheers, John. Cheers. It's nearly time is at an end for us, Scott Sharp, but you've got a couple more things for us. Yes, a pest problem. Oh, this doesn't sound good. No, no, it's not a bad sort of pest. Oh, okay. You almost sounded like, uh, you know, I'm a celebrity, get it, get me out of here, like you had to put your hand into one of those <laughs> <laughs> sort of covered things get eaten by a scorpion then. Now, it's not that sort of pest. It's, it's not so bad. 
It does do a okay. lot of damage to citrus trees at this oh, time right of year. And that's citrus leaf miner. And I'm surprised we actually haven't had anyone ring up about it today because, yep. uh, you know, citrus leaf miner really is prevalent at this time of year. Uh, look, citrus leaf miner is actually just a small little weevil of a tiny little moth that goes around um, at night and it attacks the new foliage on citrus. Uh, so at this time of year, you've got lots of, you know, green leafy growth coming out of yep. citrus. Uh, and it's really soft and juicy. I mean, you know, if I brought some in here today, you and I probably would have had a munch on it ourselves if we were hungry. Well, well I'm a bit peckish to be able to be honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is, it, it's soft and tasty, and the citrus leaf miner love it. What actually happens is the egg is laid, the weevil gets out and goes into the me- between the membrane of the leaf, of, of the new citrus leaves. Yep. And it sort of burrows around, having a bit of a chomp at that. But as it's doing that, of course, it's destroying the structure of the leaf. Yep. And those leaves start to curl up. You sort of get these trails through them and uh, it doesn't come back. The, the leaf's destroyed once you've got that leaf miner in there. Uh, so you do have to uh, try and keep it under control at this time of year. Uh, we use a product called Eco Oil. Uh, it works really, really well. It works as a preventative. So as soon yep. as we know there's a flush of new growth uh, coming on, and uh, you know we see you know some you know that that really soft growth starting to come out, that's when we'll go out and spray with Eco Oil, and we'll probably do that uh, you know every week until it starts to harden up. Because once the leaf is hardened up and it sort of takes on that darker green look, uh, the the leaf miner, the little weevil, can't get in there and do any damage. It's only yep. when it's nice and soft and juicy. Uh, so, yeah, get out there every week. Eco oil, it uh, really protects it. It works a treat. Look, some, some will sneak through. You know, it's not a perfect world out there, and I think you and I know <laughs> that, Greg. Yep. Uh, so some citrus leaf miner will get through. Uh, but uh, I've, I've read some other things about, uh, you know, don't fertilise in summer, you know, so you don't promote growth of the, of the plant, uh, you know, at this time, so then when the, you know, the little moth's flying around. But I think that's sort of counterproductive. You know, you want your plant to be growing as much as possible. I, I don't think that's a way out of it. I think to, you know, use eco-oil preventatively is the way to keep citrus leaf miner under. To control. It's the way to go. Yes. Rightio. Scott Sharp, thank you very much. Thank you. We got through it. We did. First one for the year? Yep. Oh, the rust is flaking off, but we yes. made it. Is it the best is, best days are ahead of us now? They certainly are. <laughs> Scott Sharp, thank you very much. I'll catch you again next Monday. Yes. Certainly will. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.